like in the, in Poland, for example, if you take peace, for example, they you know hijack uh, left wing agenda for the conservative purpose. Dear friends, uh, welcome for a next um, uh, piece of our series of online debates that uh, we started during the, the, the crisis time. I am delighted to have with me today uh, Professor Sharunas Liekis from uh, Lithuania, uh, who has a long and distinguished academic uh, record um, with his core um, agenda, core area of interest being um, democratic rights of, in particular, minorities uh, in society. And he worked on some historical aspects of it, but also much more, much more currently, how uh, human rights, more in general, are, are, are doing during the, these times. And we want to uh, talk about this area as, as a core area of, of Forum 2000. And with this, we actually want to move a little bit from uh, directly talking about the virus only. And the last thing I'm going to say for the introduction, Professor Liekis is not only an academic, but he held a number of um, international positions, most notably, I believe, in the European Commission f uh, against uh, um, uh, discrimination and, and intolerance. Um, I hope I'm not... Uh, telling it too badly. And with this, I think uh, we can move to, to the real discussion. Professor Liekis, welcome once again. Uh, thanks for being uh, with us. And uh, I already indicated the uh, topic in, in, in the introduction. You have been watching the, the virus uh, crisis unfolding in, in your part of Europe, in Lithuania, and perhaps the neighborhood. And um, I think you can make some interesting conclusions on what it has meant for some of these old problems and tensions uh, and so on. So are we in a new place now uh, uh, with the virus and after the virus than we were before or is it back to normal? I think we're getting to normal. I mean, this is my at least feeling and impression, you know, and uh, uh, from my colleagues at least, you know, from everybody around, there is this uh, understanding that everybody wants to go back to normal because all the means which are using, you know, or let's say even during our conversation, you know, Zoom, uh, all the means for communication, you know, this, uh, all the means for distance learning, everybody got tired of it, you know, I have the feeling. Everybody is complaining, everybody wants to see, you know, the live people and uh, it uh, depends very much on the situation in one country or another country, you know, it's um, peculiarities of the countries. But overall, I think there is um, kind of fatigue, you know, for, for quarantine and uh, fatigue for distance uh, learning and fatigue for communicating the way we are communicating even now. So um, 
the people seem um, that they need this kind of human touch, you know, with everything. You know, it's much easier to agree. It's much easier to discuss issues. I mean, even the Council of Europe we spoke here about, you know, when you were introducing me about the Council of Europe. So we would have, you know, different meetings in different formats, especially like on general policy recommendations. But still, you can do these things because, you know, the partners are on the other side and you used to work with them in a normal way before. So when you have this kind of format, then, you know, you can discuss, you can arrange things and you can even be kind of productive producing, you know, the change, you know, producing the normative documents, etc., etc. But if you see the people, uh, you know, behind the screen the first time, probably, you know, it will take three, four times, you know, longer to do this or that. And then naturally, when we speak about having normal or not normal uh, or saying that this ab abnormal present situation can become new normal uh, usually i'm joking uh, for the students saying that you know we we cannot fly with the parachute this is a parachute <laughs> and we need a plane you know so this uh, and very often there is a tendency and there is a willingness, especially on those who are managing technical part of our life, especially different IT departments, etc. So usually they are very happy, you know, to start running our lives and uh, making out of our parachute, you know, a plane, though it's not flying. It's just going down. Okay, okay. Well, true, the, the crisis, crisis is... Um is a is a crisis in the sense that we need to to deal with the with the challenge but there have been some some people suggesting that actually instead of going back to the normal before we should learn create a a, a new normal yes with new energy a new engine if you want but this should be a stimulus uh, that's the optimists but more often than that you have the pessimists who say that the crisis has actually um deepened and aggravated all the conflicts, if it is geopolitics or other types of, of tensions and, and competition and so on. Um, and that uh, what was going bad before is now turning even worse or in an accelerated way. Um, would you say that this is the same for the specific issues that you focus on? Uh, again, being uh, relations between minorities in, in, in society and, um, and the tensions uh, and so on. So um, again, uh, with these issues, are we, are we on the downward trend or has something perhaps even improved? No, I think it's general tendency is that uh, the issues of human rights, at least in one another country, I think uh, if we, for example, speak about Lithuania, I mean, the issues of human rights, uh, uh, issues of participation, naturally there were all kinds of limits put on the people, on their day-to-day -day activities. But uh, speaking in, um, probably also depends very much on kind of, is the population discipline prone or they are not disciplined? Like, you know, we saw many examples in Europe where you had, you know, like Italians, for example, you know, till the last moment celebrating and kissing each other, you know, before um, the outbreak of um, pandemics. Um, before the formal quarantine, or you have much more kind of distancing themselves, much, you know, kind of quieter um, uh, attitude. Uh, so, in the, for example, I think generally, like in the Northeastern Europe, I mean, at least here, you know, so the people, you know, took 
uh, this quarantine kind of as a normal procedure. It was not very difficult in terms of everyday, you know, um, and routines. Uh, also, the countries here are sparsely populated, so it's, it's not densely populated. And actually, um, this kind of uh, understanding and indoctrination by the authorities that, you know, you need to quarantine, to have quarantine, you know, you have to distance, you socially have to be distanced from, you know, from your neighbors, friends, relatives, etc., etc. Uh, because it took some time to, to understand this, I mean, it um, went rather smoothly. And I think if we speak about the Baltics generally, right now the Baltics, I think, uh, opened one of the first in Europe. So they have the so-called Baltic bubble, where, you know, we are traveling already nearly one month between Latvia, Lithuania and Estonia and travel. You don't need to, to you know, to, to be quarantined or to, to, be, to sit in isolation, you know, at home after the, going somewhere. Uh, and Poland joined, you know, last week, you know, so from the 12th. So they end this bubble, you know, so uh, so we are not so lonely, you know, you can go to somewhere else, to Riga or to Warsaw, so this is not so bad. I mean, from day-to-day -day activities. But um, when we're speaking about more serious issues, you know, human rights and uh, participation, naturally participation um, went down. No, you know, people need uh, for normal participation, gatherings, um, meetings, uh, agitation, etc., etc. So naturally, you know, not having all this, the activities went down and the certain level of anxiety and frustration went up. And especially among those who were politically active, because naturally everybody started to treat that the, the, the government, the present government and the present majority in the parliament is capitalizing on uh, uh, virus, on pandemic. And because they have all the tension, they have, you know, cameras um, focused on them and the rest of the parliament members or, you know, politicians, they are out of the game. So anxiety, I think, in opposition and um, is high, and naturally this kind of political anxiety creates um, additional tensions when it comes to the human rights as well, because you know even the smallest thing can become you know uh, of great importance and uh, you know to sound and to look you know really big, you know, just simply because of all this you know. Uh, IT bubbles, you know, uh, or uh, so social media bubbles, you know, because people are sitting in social media. He has uh, 300 followers. Everybody enjoys him and he enjoys them, you know. So everybody is like um, busting and, you know, boiling in this bubble. So uh, I think there is a lot of psychology in this. Uh, it's not, not, not only the issues of being... Um, uh, discriminated or somehow persecuted, you know, for you know, one thing or another thing, what you like to do and how, what, you know, or what you promote in your life. But the issue, I think, is uh, very, it has a lot of uh, to do with psychology, you know, being in uh, social isolation, in seclusion, and not being able to express yourself in a normal way. And so it puts a lot of pressure on people. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Thank you for this. It's it's interesting to hear that uh, many of the perceptions are are the same in in your country as as elsewhere in in this part of of, of Europe. When you talked about um, 
the government, no? who are actually kind of automatically uh, scoring points because they are those uh, seen as solving the crisis, the people in action, whereas the opposition only sits back by definition. We've seen that, um, I guess, more or less across the board. Uh, I think, in, in, if not in all, then very most cases, the, the popularity of government has during this time uh, risen. And that brings temptations with it, as you also indicated, namely to try to use or abuse that sort of position for imposing a, a less open, less democratic regime. Um, I wonder now if I sh should name one country or shouldn't, but there was this one country where the government proposed, of course, an unlimited uh, state of emergency uh, and so on. So um, hopefully we'll, we'll pass through this uh, without harm to, to the systems that we have, the democratic systems. But if I may ask you, until recently, uh, and with this we are getting country-specific and, and quite concrete, which I think we should, until recently, uh, a year ago or so, uh, Lithuania was criticized to some extent in the field of human rights, where it comes to family rights, reproductive rights, and uh, their um, guarantees or, or lack thereof. Um, some critics linked this to the position of the Lithuanian Catholic Church and so on. So I think some independent reports voiced concerns in, in that respect that um, I think it, it's connected also to the LGBT marriages and so on, that, that Lithuania was falling behind in these aspects. Uh, it's also linked to uh, uh, things like family violence with so much kind of uh, intouchability of the family that some some uh, things are are looked um, through or, or not reported and so on. Um, is this still the situation? Uh, how has that been developing? Okay, so I probably I will uh, start you know, from that and from the family issues and violence, at, uh, you know, in the near, you know, circles in, in the family. Uh, I think during this COVID, uh, what we noticed, and uh, I spoke with um, some law enforcement, you know, and I had some inf interesting information that during COVID, actually, violence at home, you know, and in uh, families um, was on increase. And especially during, you know, social isolation, you know, uh, the first the weeks during the social isolation, people, you know, and the rate of divorces and everything else, you know, increased, and plus the violence. And also not only men against women, but also women against men. So this was, you know, uh, increased probably. They were, the men were getting on the nerves, you know, of, um, of the women at home, you know, sitting at home, etc. So the divorce rates, violence, um, so everything went on increase. Uh, few years ago when we started, um, when Lithuania started to be noticed for the increase of violence in, in the families, actually it was, this was related to the change of legislation where basically police was obliged to report and to visit in case of uh, home violence. Before, for example, if, you know, hus husband, uh, let's say, I mean, it's like he shouts on his wife or beats her or whatever, they wanna. They would. They often would say, you know, this is a family issue. We don't get all. Oh, for example, children and, and parents. You know, you know, the child gets slapped, and the, so right now, I mean, after these changes um, uh, two years ago, uh, oh, more right now already four years ago, 
uh, basically they uh, started um, uh, to report. So, and police was uh, first, they were like in, the, in very desperate and uh, basically they were trying um, somehow to avoid these new obligations, but it didn't work. And because, why it didn't work? Basically, they were overloaded with, uh, with the work in the families suddenly they never did it before right now so they and the report rate was very high so this is you know the background of the lithuanian situation is um, uh, violence at, you know in the family when it comes to the lgbt reproductive and also reproductive rights and influence of the catholic church the catholic church actually it's interesting that the present government which is from 2016 is so-called peasant and green party which is, I would say, more not left-leaning. Uh, right now, they started to, uh, to lean left, you know, from 2019, this government. They became very, like, center-left, mm -hmm. more than the social democrats. Actually, they hijacked um, uh, social agenda from, the, from, the, from political left. It's, it's very... Yeah. yeah, like in, uh, in Poland, for example, if you take peace, for example, they, you know, hijacked uh, left-wing agenda for the conservative purpose. The same was with Lithuania, the Greens, which is actually Lithuanian Greens, are, uh, 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 this kind of peasant and green alliance is a conservative alliance, traditionally. They were, it's, there is a small um, uh, left-leaning uh, separate Green Party, which is um, kind of progressive, etc., etc. This, uh, uh, the present ruling um, party and coalition has few partners. One of them is, for example, uh, Polish uh, uh, electoral um, campaign, Polish political party, a regional party, which is very conservative, like Peace in Poland. So they are the partners of the Greens and peasants. And actually, they are putting a lot of this uh, anti-LGBT also um, you know, when it comes to reproductive rights. They put a lot of this into their agenda. Uh, because uh, traditionally in Lithuania, this political force, the peasant and green party, was um, uh, kind of neo-pagan more than, uh, you know, than, um, than the Catholic. So they are sneaking in through this partnership with the Polish uh, regional party. You know, they sneak in this kind of Catholic agenda. Actually, opposition, uh, the conservative party, is more connected with the Catholic Church and with their priorities and the, um, and the issues um, behind, let's say, which is important for the Catholic um, establishment. Mm -hmm. And um, also in Lithuania, if to compare with um, Poland, um, Poland is more, let's say, strict in, in terms of... Um, uh, following confessional, you know, line, let's say, being pro-Catholic. In Lithuania, traditionally, there is this, um, uh, let's say, this rather secular element and also the Protestants are making big difference here because they're big, um, the Protestants, like part of middle class, I mean, they're rather strong and they're, they're usually opposed to all the kinds of Catholic, so-called Catholic tricks, you know, you know, to... And so it's usually they are like kind of uh, in opposition to the Catholic agenda, tradition. Mm -hmm. So usually they politically they balance because they are well established and part of the establishment among like let's say great mm -hmm. professions, journalists, uh, especially universities as well. So they have a strong presence. 
So they usually they um, outbalance the Catholic um, hardliners mm -hmm. agenda. When it comes to in vitro, for example, issues or reproductive rights, uh, 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 they didn't touch upon the abortions. There were some small limits, you know, put, you know, about well, first before abortion, for example, you have to have a uh, psychologist, you know, consultation. It's required. Before it was ne never required. Or, for example, they opened the gates for in vitro. Uh, before, for example, the main center for in vitro in the Baltics was Riga, Latvia, so um, everybody would, all women would go to Riga instead of, from actually from Poland and Lithuania as well, so because of all these limits put on. So actually, in reality, when we saw that it's, you know, put in, in the technologically, in terms of medical technologies, you know, puts the whole system in disadvantage. So they basically, the present coalition, actually, they opened the gates for in vitro, you know, from every, okay. in, in every respect. Okay. So it became much, you know, so basically they... Uh, the ruling uh, social democrats which were ruling from uh, 2012 to 2016 they were much more conservative in mm. this mm. because they you know, listen, yeah. listen and follow their opponents the conservative party and the catholics would make greater influence on them because this um, they, uh, this new party they are not new they are long you know long party you know long party having long tradition this christian um, uh, uh, peasant and um, uh, green uh, party, but they never had, you know, substantial present in the parliament. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe, so maybe the I first time when they have absolute majority, they have con nearly constitutional majority, so they can do whatever I they. So right now they don't care. So if, uh, one of the first steps what they, they did was on reproductive rights in 2016. So they took away. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, they are not for uh, for LGBT. They are not going, for example, in the direction of um, uh, legalizing partnerships. Mm -hmm. But they don't object to this. For example, in the, if the partnerships are made somewhere in Spain or wherever, nobody makes you know. Okay, maybe let me let me pick it from from this because I think the time is also nearing its end. Uh, thank you for these insights and uh, for the conclusion, I would like to ask you one more question. If we are already talking these things, uh, religious, less religious, progressive, and obviously the government is going in the progressive direction, but being with the religions, one thing that you uh, worked a lot on in your career, I know, is the Jewish population of Lithuania, which historically was very significant, large, that up and downs, of course, some moments in that history were, were very, very troubled. So I would be really interested in knowing where uh, this is now. Um, is there still such a significant, strong and vocal Jewish part of the population which participates in the whole public debate, uh, less or more, and which perhaps, uh, for example, also talks to the international developments like what is going on in the Middle East now and in Israel specifically. So is it still a big phenomenon, the Lithuanian Jews in this sense? Actually, when we speak the demographically, demographically, we're speaking about a few thousand people. So demographically, okay, and in few. terms of mm. real politics, they don't make difference. However, when it comes to the so-called politics of memory, how you're dealing with the genocide, how you're dealing with the past, genocidal past, okay, quote unquote, uh, how, how you commemorate um, uh, suffering, mm. you know? 
So uh, how you commemorate Holocaust, all these things are coming to the forefront of so-called memory, you know, politics. So the Jewish aspect is very important from that point of view, because then, you know, the question of heroes, of villains, uh, these issues become very important and um, sometimes uh, very worrying because, you know, once again, when it comes into the political field, uh, there are those who, you know, try very often, especially, for example, like Lithuanian Conservative Party and, and Jutta Slansberg is one of the figures which is known in the West, but he is with the Conservative Party, which is very often uh, trying um, somehow to reconcile the uh, narrative with the, um, with the Nazi collaborators' narrative. In a sense, mm -hmm. the national narrative, you know, to move the uh, pro-Nazi collaborators' narrative into the national narrative. So the Conservative Party, which is right now in opposition, and because they're in opposition, so they don't have much uh, right now to say, you know, this for them, because many of these issues also are made at the, um, and solved or discussed at the municipal level. So sometimes it depends, you know, on the politics of the municipality, you know, the city councils. Yeah. And it depends very much who is majority, who is in minority. Uh, but... Um, the issues which are related to the memory and the issues related to the Holocaust, I mean, they're also important in the discussions uh, which are ongoing about the role of the Soviet Union uh, for the matter oh. of so yeah. Yeah. Russia, monuments, you know, commemoration, you know, it overlaps. Holocaust, um, uh, the role of the Soviet Union, uh, present-day Russian claims, uh, you know, it's like in Prague, you know, this conic, you know, monument and the whole scandal, you know. So uh, similar situations and the Jewish issues here because of the relatively big presence uh, around the uh, eight, 9% of the population before the Second World War. Yeah. Uh, the dominance in the small city towns, um, uh, the role in business, etc., etc. So um, it's not only a historical issue. Right now it became the issue, political issue because of mm. the politics of memory, not because of I the see. real presence of the Jews here. I mean, there is a presence of the Jews. That do they think uh, is rel relaxed. For example, if you look at um, uh, Jewish gymnasium in Vilnius, for example, there is Jewish gymnasium. So two sets of the students are not Jewish. So it's, um, it shows yeah. how that um, everybody feels rather comfortable, comfortable to be, you know, let's say in the Jewish establishment, to work with, to live with, etc., etc. So it's not an issue. But once you get into the political um, right. uh, uh, field, uh, then especially when it comes to the questions of uh, heroes and villains, yeah. Yeah. And when we discuss the past, who is right and who is not right, then we, you know, we run into the problem. Right, and I'm getting signals that the time time is up. We should we should wrap it up. So thank you indeed. Uh, we have gone through a couple of uh, issues um, to see how it looks in Lithuania and neighborhood uh, after the crisis, and whether everything will be the same or or not. So many questions remain, obviously. And once again, thank you for your insights, and we hope to be in touch for the future. Thank okay, you. thank you very much. And so if you have any questions, always welcome to ask, you know, so. Wonderful. Thank you. Bye bye.